What does motion sound like? With Kizikans free shoes, it sounds a little something like this. Experience the magic of motion. Get a free pair of socks with your first order at kizikcom socks. The longest field goal ever attempted is 76 yards. The longest field goal ever missed? Also 76 yards. Why bring this up? Because knowing your limits matters, both when you're kicking a field goal and when you gamble. Betting more than you're comfortable with is like trying a 70-yard field goal. It probably won't go well. So set a limit when you gamble and stick to it. Want more helpful tips like this? Go to KeepItFunOhio.com for games, quizzes, and lots of ways to keep your gambling from getting out of hand. Welcome to the Bare Naked ABCs. And tonight I have with me Heidi and Aaron. We are excited to welcome this week's guest for an interview. From 1985 to 2005, he co owned his own music video company called Harder Fuller Films. He was in the band Breaking Circus and was the founding member of the band Big Trouble House. He was the director at Quentin Tarantino's A Band Apart, commercials and music videos, where he directed award-winning commercials for clients, including The Gap. He was the cinematographer on the Japanese feature film Yoko, The Cherry Blossom, which was shot in Tokyo. He wrote and directed the movie Tuscaloosa, as well as directing low movie How to Quit Smoking. But the way that you may recognize him in a way, is that he has made 187 music videos for over 100 different artists. He has worked with such bands as the Jayhawks, Sonic Youth, Soul Asylum, Lisa Loeb doing her most famous song, I Do, Bobby McFerrin, The Cranberries, Foo Fighters, Macy Gray, Incubus, Matchbox 20, Liz Fair, Prince, Hilary Duff, Rob Thomas, and Robert Plant. But the reason we are talking with him tonight, he has directed six Bare Naked Ladies videos, as well as two Kevin Hearn videos. More, He has directed more Bare Naked Ladies videos than any other director. And I have to say that some of these videos are not only my favorite B&L videos, but my favorite videos of any band of all time. It is my pleasure tonight to be talking with Phil Harder. Thank you. Glad <laughs> to be here. Hey, Aaron, Hi, Phil. Heidi, nice. and Tracy. How are you guys? Excellent. Oh, How are you? Wonderful. I'm good. I'm good. Pleasure to meet you. Good to meet you guys. So the first question I have for you, I mean, you've heard it probably a million times at this point, but what brought you into this business? Like, how did you get started with music videos? Well, I was, when I was younger, I was traveling around in a unknown punk band. And uh, at the same time, I had a Super 8 camera. So um, the music videos surpassed the music pretty quick. So that's where I was. Um, and started making uh, kind of free videos at first for bands in that genre. Um, slowly worked my way up, had a few like um, minor 120 minutes videos for a while, you know, back in, when they had that 120 minutes show on Sunday nights, which was awesome to see our videos on there. And then that kind of caught the eye of a, 
some bands that were making it to the major labels and and one thing led to another i got some mtv hits and bare naked ladies heard about me and liked my stuff and we um did a video i think the first one was in 1999 um get in line which um <laughs> is when i met everybody they were pretty fun um we shot that in seattle and uh yeah we just did a lot of work after that <laughs> how did that get in line all come together because that that is a really interesting video first of all i mean it all of your videos have this kind of thing that where you're telling stories um and that one is really neat because of course you're telling stories of from from not only uh the the cartoon but also from bare naked ladies point of view as well <laughs> i don't remember exactly how that one came about but if i remember correctly um i believe it came about through my commercial work i was doing some stuff with gap and um I was just starting with commercials and I think through the TV show King of the Hill, they made a promo, I believe it was for their show. And so I was working with the King of the Hill animators and producers and everything and bare naked ladies also were working with them. So we were both kind of like, you know, under their wing of what they were doing. Um, but I learned a lot about animation at that time because, um, you know, we had to write treatments that worked with their show and their characters mm. and everything. And so they were writing along with us. I came up with this idea of, you know, Bare Naked Ladies would be live action behind the scenes. They actually animated the Bare Naked Ladies a bit. Mm -hmm. And I do recall that they said the characters for King of the Hill couldn't do anything that a human couldn't do. So like <laughs> if they got, if they fell, you know, hard, unlike the roadrunner coyote they would mm. actually get hurt you know so mm -hmm. i remember them saying that I'm like, okay they're cartoons but i guess that's the the playbook of what they're working with <laughs> that's cool versus bnl who if they fell hard <laughs> like that it was fine yeah yeah <laughs> <laughs> But yeah, that was a real shoot because they got to act, you know. Mm. I remember we had cardboard or plywood cutout sets. <laughs> and they played characters, you know, that would interact with animated characters that weren't there. I think everybody did a little something, including their manager at the time who showed up at, as uh, Castro, I believe. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> um, so, yeah, that was a gas. I mean, it was really complicated, too, because we had a lot of even though it's kind of handmade, we had a lot of sets. It was a lot of green screen. We had to ima imagine where the house was, where the lawn was. Some of the sets that they interacted with were painted like animation. Mm -hmm. So that start with the basics of the video. I think actually now I remember it, we had a house flat painted on plywood. Yeah, I think that house was there. But man, it was a complicated shoot, you know? And it took, they actually send all that stuff to Korea to be um, hand frame by frame animated. Wow. And then it comes back. So I think the video took a few months to finish. Yeah. I'm, I'm, I'm letting my, my co-host <laughs> jump in. I'm trying not to, to hog all the time. So <laughs> sure. I mean, I've, I've got questions. So Heidi, do you have something yeah, you want? Yeah, Aaron. <clears throat> well, so uh, I, I don't know if I missed the intro here, but I'm sure Tracy probably gave you an intro or was planning on, uh, but uh, 
just when I was researching your catalog, Phil, I'm seeing, I mean, I Heidi and I both are total music nerds. So I'm seeing band, I'm seeing Not a Surf, Sonic Youth, The Cranberries, Local Age, Bare Naked Ladies, The Fratellis, Incubus, Foo Fighters, and one of my favorite bands of all time, Low. Uh, so I, I was just super excited to talk to you because, you know, you've worked with, with some amazing, amazing bands. You made some really cool videos. Um, I think one of my favorites had to be, um, oh, shoot, what was it? it? Next Year by Foo Fighters, the Apollo 11 uh, uh, video. I was curious about that. And there's also, um, uh, there was the Cranberries one. Uh, what was the one where it just was my like, imagination? Um, yes. Yeah. Where uh, Dolores was like in the hot air balloon and stuff like that. So some really cool visuals. And mm -hmm. I just was curious. I'm sure it differs greatly, you know, from project to project. But are you having bands come to you with a vision like, oh, I really want to do this, you know, like moon landing video or are are you listening to songs usually and saying like I have a vision here, or is it to kind of just make a mixed bag depending on the the situation? Well, I'll I'll briefly talk about those two videos, and then we can get back to bare naked lady stuff. Um, <laughs> so I'm I'm always derailing yeah. with other. other no, but artists. um, <laughs> I remember for the Foo Fighters, there's two different uh, answers to that question. Mm -hmm. For the Foo Fighters, uh, Dave Grohl had some really weird concepts where he wanted to uh, interact with. Um, retired um, soap opera stars. And I thought that was a really bad idea. I was like, <laughs> it's pretty niche. One, you know, you wouldn't know who kids would right. know who they are and where do you get them? And, and it, it was really silly. I thought the song was really beautiful. Mm. I just skipped the idea because I thought that's a bad idea. <laughs> and then I, I'm, took NASA footage and cut it to oh, the oh, cool to the song yeah. so they could get for it. And they loved it. And um I was on the phone with Dave Grohl first introduction talking about stuff. And he goes, um, hey, did you happen to see my uh, my idea that I had <laughs> that we sent to all the directors? And I said, No, I didn't see it. <laughs> and he goes, Oh never mind. Uh, that doesn't matter anyway. That was and, well played, sir. <laughs> That was and, brilliant. Yeah. And then for the um, cranberries, my wife, Isabel, actually wrote that idea. Oh, nice. I've, I'm writing treatments all the time. And she's, you know, walking around with uh, headphones on. And she was just like imagining things or imagining her youth to whatever you do when you're on a walk listening to music. And she said, we concept and, and she would imagine things. And that would take her away to like the animated world very cool so that's where that one came thank you from. that's really nice to know dolores was awesome and um of course dave Grohl is a really funny guy he's awesome they're all most everybody i work with yeah I... are really good because they they appreciate the fact that you know they have these really interesting jobs and they get to go play actor for a day or two <laughs> <laughs> and I know the importance of music videos, especially then mm. when MTV oh, yeah. was huge. That was... But even today, music videos really matter. You know, absolutely. I think bands are making more and more music videos to help them out in the world of the internet. Absolutely. Well, I loved I loved the Foo Fighters video too. I'm a huge space history fan as well, so that like just always resonated with me watching the video back in the day. 
Um, and growing up with MTV from 1981 on and like really, I mean, all of my high school years were spent running home and watching <laughs> videos and, and the transition from just the more uh, performance artist kind of video look from the early 80s through because there wasn't any content and this amazing um, influx of of European um, artists and British artists that because they were the only ones making things at the time, seeing how the music video then transformed into storytelling. And I think that's one of the things that you do so well. But what I love about some of the videos specific to Bare Naked Ladies is that retro kind of look mm. that you give them. Like I growing up as a kid in the 70s and, and 80s, like that Starsky and Hutch, very re retro kind of look, especially to and the and but and the quirkiness that you bring mm. too. there's something very vibrant about the colors. The Cranberry video, Cranberry's video is so vibrant mm -hmm. and in what she's wearing and what it, it just pops so much and that's similar to some of the stuff you've done with bare naked ladies because it's just pops and you feel like you're just in this incredibly vibrant world it's like we're not in kansas anymore toto mm -hmm. it's it's very interesting and so where did you get that eye from like where what inspires you from artists and other musicians and things like that well one thing i i try to do is um I try not to follow trends um, because, you know, every year there's a different music video trend mm -hmm. and a lot of music video trends actually then get put into commercials and, and even movies. Um, and especially at that time period, music videos were often imitated, even techniques, you know, like, mm -hmm. um, so tried not to keep up with those trends. Um, I also like, you know, um, European cinema, Japanese cinema, um, the poets of cinema. So I pretend, you know, in my mind, can I do a little of that in my music videos, even though we're not making a, a Tarkovsky film or a <laughs> Kurosawa. We just do these things, especially not with the bare naked ladies. Um, and then with the, the retro look and everything, I mean, all that stuff was shot on film. You know, everything we did was film. It's authentic film print, really important to the texture and the look. Um, so we've always used um, that quality of stuff. It's very important, I think, to get a certain look, a certain texture. Uh, film is really important, I think. Well, videos, music videos are are little mini movies in so way, so many ways, and I think that they've they've come so far in that they're way more respected as an art form than they were. Not trying not to age myself here, but forty years ago, uh, thirty years ago. Well, no, about 40 years ago. <laughs> um, and so it's really, I, I think you're right. The, the use of real film uh, is, is so much better in so many ways. Yeah, they're putting a lot of things using just your, eye, your phone now and things like that. But there's something about the quality of those, those videos, especially in the 90s, 2000s era, that just seems like, again, you're, you want them to be in a world for three and a half minutes or five minutes or whatever the length of the song is um and they do really kind of tell a story a lot of them tell stories way better than your live on stage videos where they're just doing what they would at any show so i i love that you're you're a fan of using real film yeah and then the quirkiness 
comes from the band. I mean, come on. They're the bare naked ladies. I mean, <laughs> how can you not be quirky? They're really great <laughs> personalities. They really ham it up, you know. Mm. Let's admit it. They're hands. And um, so you just kind of go with that. Um, you know, Ed and Steve, they just like to, you know, put their faces right in the camera and do their thing. Um, they still do. So, um, yeah, that's where the quirkiness and the look comes from, the color, the texture. Um, I think that's, you know, maybe my answer to all of that. It's just, I like to think of them as timeless, but, you know, I don't know if they're timeless. If I showed them to a younger generation, they might think that looks really 90s, Dad. My son, you know, for example. Um, but I, I think of them as kind of timeless. Um, at one point, they're driving around in a bunch of matching pacers, I guess, mm -hmm. you know. I mean, obviously, that's retro and they're really colorful, but it's also kind of quirky, timeless, I think. But and even the Lisa, I was a huge Lisa Loeb fan because I really identified with her from stay like all through. And I still listen to her serious show that she has on Sirius XM. And the I Do video, again, harkens back to like the 1960s. And then you've got her laying in the bed, which reminds me of like, um like some of the 90 early 1960s play movies uh in her pajamas and then you've got the black and white stuff but you've got like the motown girls behind her so there's just kind of an innocence which definitely connects to lisa Lowe because she always had that kind of innocence but mm -hmm. a little but again very quirky but so when you are dealing with, because Lisa Loeb's a lot different than BNL, very different than Foo Fighters, very different than Bobby McFerrin. So when do you originally, or when you're thinking about, okay, how are we going to approach this song? How much do you talk to the artist? And do you storyboard it out? Do mm -hmm. you say, you know, I've got this idea, this vision for this song? Well, um, when you don't know the artist at all before you've ever worked with the artist, it's kind of like, um, a crapshoot. There's a whole bunch of directors writing from different production companies, all writing for the same song. The Bare Naked Ladies are releasing a record, and this is the first single, and they go out to every production company. Those production companies slam every director they have on these things. And so you could be working possibly with 100 music video directors, all writing like, hmm, I wonder what they should do. And um, then the bands read all this junk, you know, the band will look fantastic. And of course, you know, so it's kind of like, it's hard to know if you'll get the video or not. Mm. And usually one does not get the video. So I just take those treatments and I throw them in a pile and recycle them, update them with new song. If I, if I feel it's a really good idea or technique or something. Um, but once you get in with the band and they're happy, then you got a relationship and they oftentimes come to you, you know, hey, we want you to do our next one. And then now the door opens to some um, more collaborative processes where you really can get what the band's trying to do. They can hear you out. Maybe I come up with the idea. Maybe they come up with the idea. And um, that's a really interesting way to work. And that's why sometimes I do have five, six videos with one band um, because there's a relationship. Um, if we move on to the next video, I think I did was Pinch Me. I was just going to bring up Pinch mm, Me. Yeah, yeah, I love that video. And I've watched every second of it so many times to see everything. And I still, after all the viewings, haven't caught every little thing. I caught a new thing this week. Um, but one of the things I had for a question was that was that thumb. 
Like, was that something the band brought to you that they were already working with? I mean, they use that on like all kinds of stickers and shirts and everything for years to come. They're still using it on shirts today. Well, we created that. Um, That was um, a graphic artist, Mike Newell, that we worked with. I had a company back then, Rick Fuller and I, and we were Harder Fuller Films. And when we put our little signs around Hollywood, everybody thought they were going to a porn site. Shoot, you know? Um, and then Mike Newell did all our storyboarding and did all our graphics. So like the patches and everything for the Foo Fighters, all those little graphics are this guy, Mike Newell. Mike Swade, I think is his, his graphic name. And so he created that thumb and they liked it and they wanted to use it. And what I loved about the thumb, I think I came up with this idea sorry, this is getting to be a while ago, is I love the thumb because you could turn it upside down. Mm-hmm. And, I noticed um, that you had them do that a couple of times during the video. There was a video. lot of jokes in there where, you know, they would drink a milkshake like it's a, like it's a fast food <laughs> yeah. restaurant commercial. And it's always thumbs down. And I think now that I'm going back in time i think ed might have come up with that idea of do it in a fast food restaurant because he worked at a fast food restaurant and so he played himself doing what he used to do and he probably said let's do a fast food restaurant and i embellished the crap out of it you know and um i actually saw them play uh, about a few weeks back and ed was going off in front of the whole audience about the making of that video he just stopped the whole show and said he saw my hat. He goes, Phil Harder's in the crowd. And he, he started going on and on about the making of that video. And what he reminded me when he was telling the entire audience that night, um, he goes, yeah, we were making pinch me video. And there was a scene where there's a bunch of hot dog buns. And they came out with about six, eight packs of hot dog buns to do this scene. And Ed said, I remember you, Phil said, we need a truckload of hot dog buns. Somebody get every hot dog bun in Los Angeles. And they went out and got a truckload and not a small truck of hot dog buns because it's a scene where Ed is in a fantasy, like a musical, and he falls into thousands of hot dog buns. So anyway, he told that story at the show. So now I recall that that is how it happened. Um, But... That we had to be very resourceful because it's quite complicated. There's dancers, there's all kinds of stuff, actors going on. Mm. And um, we mm, got these yeah. matching pacers that we painted different colors. Um, one thing I did that I thought was very clever, resourceful. You always be resourceful, even on a big budget, but especially low budgets. And that was a big budget was um, the interior set is uh you know some tables set up in i think it's universal studios so it's like i think it's like an octagonal shaped restaurant Mm -hmm. or or something like that and the interior was set in universal inside a um a big soundstage and then i think we had a two-day shoot they took that outside and flipped it the other way for the area so we oh, used the same cool. half set for interior and exterior. And um, we added the big eat thing on top. They wanted the restaurant to be called eat. I think that was Steve's idea. <laughs> the restaurant's going to be called eat. And then I remember there was this thing where 
we were trying to make this um, porcelain kind of like not porcelain but plastic kind of big boy character up on the sign <laughs> and we couldn't figure out how to do it it was getting really expensive so i had someone from minneapolis who i forgot who it was now she made a vinyl uniform a, a chef uniform and we did makeup on steve and told him just to hold really still because <laughs> there was like you know oh we're gonna do we can do it but it'll be about one hundred fifty thousand dollars to make an original and no way we're not doing that and so he just held held really still. <laughs> and oh, that's it was so much that. better for having done that. <laughs> yeah, that because, worked amazingly well. Because <laughs> yeah. then he comes out and he dances with with them. Like that was just that's cool. Fun. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> well, and I I also love the Busby Berkeley um, like inspiration where you know Ed's on the the thumb and they're all doing a little reminiscent of busby mm -hmm. uh berkeley uh so i i kind of like that that uh, inspiration as well um and i love the colors again mm. the the rugby yeah. shirts like it's just and it's just good fun like it's just fun yeah it's eye candy to the max <laughs> and we had yeah. good dancers and everything and we did some backwards stuff that was a crazy shoot <laughs> I One of the imagine, things yeah. I love about watching all of your videos, especially the B&L ones, but I mean, every single video that I've watched throughout this last week, as well as before, is not only are they stunning to watch, they're, they're photographically and cinematically beautiful, but there's also always a story behind that whatever's going on. Like with Pinch Me, you have the the showiness of that moment, but then there's that background story of this person who's not happy with with the life that's going on for them. And everyone else around them is happy and, and going about even though everyone's the same. But then mm -hmm. you have you have that one guy who doesn't feel like doing that and isn't happy with life. Um, but the one that really got me was the, uh, too little, too late video. You have like four storylines going on during that. Can you tell us like what you were creating when you were doing that? Like what the stories were that yeah. you were trying to tell with that? If I recall, that was my idea. And, um, that was an insane shoot. Like we had so much to shoot in two days. Usually you get two days, maybe one with a band. They're on tour. They're doing everything. And, um, oh, we had two and a half days. Now I recall. Because there's some commercials they made, like little fake commercials. And while we were doing wardrobe, usually do that preparation the day before the shoot. I said, hey, you guys, you know, we're right here at the studio. Do you mind if we do some close-ups of you guys? And we had 60 millimeter film. And each one did a little commercial. So we got that out of the way, which ends up while the other guys are going through a wardrobe, we grab one guy, shoot a fake little, just in front of paper or something, you know. So we did the mini little shoot there. And then we did the two big days. And what I worked into with that treatment was we can shoot anything because if the crews, we got all the crew to sign a release. And if we're not ready, just shoot it. It doesn't, I don't care if the gaffer and the grips are walking around, you know, just roll. And that worked out. And then it was really complicated because each band member had to play the crew as well. So uh, they're directing themselves. So now we're shooting twice as much because you're doing Steve on this side, talking to Steve on this side. <laughs> and so we shoot this side and he's got an eye line, like a little 
something to look at right there. And then we shoot this side and he's talking to himself and we're trying to put that all together, you know? And, um, and then we were at universal. So we, we could just use all the sets. It didn't matter. So we're in a cowboy movie. Steve is like, I'm done. You know, I'm leaving. And there's a film within a film within a film. Mm -hmm. And he's even on the crane and then he's in a wrong set and he's in the Western set. Everything's there at universal. So we said, we'll take it. We'll use that, that, that. I don't care. You know, we shot everything. We even put them on a fake tourist bus as if they were people watching a bare naked lady shoot. <laughs> and we had body doubles for the whole band. So That's when they cool. look out the tourist bus, they're like, oh, look, it's the bare naked ladies making a music video. And you see the backs of other people and then a cut to close ups. And um, what's pretty funny about um, we gave them each a video camera. And that was a mistake. <laughs> because oh, I can imagine the bare naked ladies like to get bare naked sometimes, <laughs> and of course they think it's a big laugh when they give us the footage back. <laughs> oh my gosh! <laughs> but yeah, we that was maddening. And if you watch that video, you're like, "How did they do that all?" It's because we just rolled on everything, constantly mm -hmm. rolling. And nothing was wrong. We could go, we, nothing could go wrong. Because if you're in the wrong set, if there's people in the way, whatever, it's all part of the production. It's the band making their own music video, directing themselves. <laughs> Which is a little different than the, um, um, oh, what's the other one? The, the drawings one. Um, Testing one, two, three. Thank you. Mm. Testing one, two, three. That looked like it was, it's one of my favorites, but that looked really complicated because it looks so simple, but I know that it couldn't be that simple. Yeah. Just to finish with Too Little Too Late, I now remember that oh, we did, um, we, ha we always do storyboards for our videos and we shoot them and then we, we print out our storyboards we do a little printout once we got it, we check it and we keep going, keep going. So we actually follow a really um, strict script and we always have too much to shoot, but we pack it in. So that one, um, uh, testing one, two, three, a friend of mine, Janet Lobrecht, made a little short film for a little cinema club using chalk animation. I thought it was brilliant. And so we had, I asked, I paid for her to do more of it as well as what she already did in this testing one two three video so now she had all this beautiful animation like the little kitty and all this stuff and then she personally did um how do we do that oh yeah we shot the band and like for example jim would hold his upright bass and then he'd spin it and then we we had his arms positioned we'd stop the camera we would pull the bass away and then we'd say, just, you know, you muscle memory, do the same thing. So he sat there going like this, playing an imaginary bass, then he'd spin it. <laughs> so what she That's saw cool. in the, before we were rolling, just the video footage before we rolled film was footage of him doing it. So she could kind of follow the way a bass spins around where it is in his hands, the size of it and everything. And then Jim kept his hand in the place because he knows where his hands would be on a base you know i didn't want him doing this you know i had to make sure <laughs> otherwise she couldn't follow it and so we rotoscoped 
she rotoscoped that. She projected that film onto a chalkboard with a little video projector. Once we cut it, we edited it down before, you know, so there's no waste. And then she projected it onto the chalkboard frame by frame, animated the rotoscoping of them playing those instruments. How long did that take her? Days. She yeah. sat there with her remote. I would imagine. Click one frame forward, draw the base. Click, draw it again. Now Jim, click, he starts to spin, draw it, spin, spin. Wow. So, but she also had a model video to look at. Oh, that's how they, he does it. And we kept those kind of short. And then sometimes it got to a point where you could repeat, loop the animation. So he could just keep mm. going. And then he could, we could loop it. And that's, we could save a lot of time that way too. Right. That was pretty fun. <laughs> very cool. It's very cool visually. I owe I me a little bit of like the take oh, yeah. on the concept with integrating art and, and, and um, like Kevin is an artist. And like, so the, it was really nice to see a tie to something a little bit different than we weren't used mm -hmm. to. Yeah, that was a, yeah, that was a really complicated video. Surprising, as you said, it's it's more complicated than it may seem. <laughs> Hello, Pantheon Podcast listeners. Christian Swain here to tell you more about my experience with Raycon earbuds. Our family now has three pairs of Raycon earbuds around the house. And my wife just grabbed a pair of the headphone pros to replace some headphones from a company that was double the price. And yes, she loves them. Now, if you haven't pulled the trigger on a pair of Raycons, or even if you have, but you're in the market for another pair because they're just that good, well, now is the time to check them out because they just launched their upgraded model of the best-selling everyday earbuds. With Raycon's upgraded everyday earbuds, now you also get active noise cancellation, ergonomic design, and multi-point connectivity that lets you pair with two devices at once. New quick charge function, three customizable sound styles plus awareness mode, available in a variety of vibrant new colors to complement any and all skin tones. I even have a pair of earbuds in a cool green color. I have tried just about every earbud known to humankind, and these Raycons are fantastic. Seriously, if you've been wanting to check out Raycons, there truly is no better time. You're going to ask yourself why you didn't check them out sooner, and Raycon offers a 30-day happiness guarantee. So what are you waiting for? Go to buyraycon.com slash pantheon today to get 20% off your Raycon order, plus free shipping. That's right. You'll get 20% off and free shipping at buyraycon.com slash pantheon. Buyraycon.com slash pantheon. So I, one of the things that I saw when I was doing some research, Phil, was that you worked with Quentin Tarantino's A Band Apart production company. Is that accurate? And what did you do? Yeah. Um, I was a director for commercials and music videos through A Was that the, uh, the iPod commercial with um, the Fratelli? No, that, that was um, Bob Industries, my next production mm. company. A Band Apart, we did Target ads, Gap ads, um, HP verizon all kinds of uh, of stuff and then they also had a music video department and that's where i did the bare naked ladies videos through the um the first three or four uh, of them. 
Well, the reason the reason I brought it up was you mentioned shooting on film, and I know Quentin's a huge proponent of a shooting on film, and I I agree. Um, as much as I think digital's come a long way, there's still something special about the way things look when they're shot on film. Um, is that something that you, you just took with you from your like, like punk DIY days, or was was it just kind of providence? You ended up working with Quentin, who, who was also a very huge proponent of of classic film, or uh, does that kind of rub off on you, or did you two uh, talk about that at all? Yeah, well, you know, everybody loves film, the real deal. And also back then, before digital, um, you'd never shot like bad video. It looks like a soap opera. So <laughs> yeah. <laughs> in order to and and, mm. and and direct, like commercials, I don't know about TV, but films, of course, and music videos, you had to shoot film. And um, it's just... It's everything. The texture, just nothing looks right if you don't shoot film. And then the invention of digital 24 frames a second, that kind of changed things a lot. You know, now digital 24 frames a second, especially the high-end digital cameras, it looks really good. So that's not such an issue anymore. Well, also, I think having it preserved on a physical medium, uh, kind of allows you to come back to it like we've seen i think it was a few years back everyone was freaking out over how good the last christmas music video looked because they remastered it uh, because it was shot on film so of course they can they can now show it in a in 4k as if you shoot something on what was hd a few years ago or like 1080p or something there's no way to to do that other than like upscaling and, and using ai or something but it never looks quite the same like filling in pixels uh so well, yeah no i yeah. go ahead i just think uh, film texture or even with digital uh, extreme detail with texture is critical mm. it's it's the only way we can make good stuff is to to think about the texture the colors the aesthetics of film whether it's like literal film or not it, it's everything you don't want to make a little crappy video that looks like you shot it in your backyard on your iphone <laughs> <laughs> I mean, actually, you do want to do. Well, that, the right? iPhones are getting way better, yeah. But, yeah. <laughs> but I agree. If I had the choice, I would, I would shoot on yeah. film every time. Um, yeah. So you mentioned that you and, were and Quentin. Sorry, yes, he was all about film. Yeah. I mean, that's you know why the directors he had and mm. his company because we were, you know, cinema aficionados. Mm. You know, we thought and uh, <laughs> we. like the same things and yeah you know it doesn't have to literally be punk rock but that's where it came from absolutely and so when i started working with the band apart and quentin um the first thing i did was three gap ads uh johnny mathis Everclear, and Rufus oh yeah wainwright I, oh I, that was a great one i love the rufus right. wainwright yes. ad. that was really good mm -hmm. and those were live um you had to record them live, even though the yeah. Everclear one we edited, they did the song live. And Johnny Mathis, full orchestra, live. Wow. Um, wow. In camera. And, <laughs> uh, but before that, um, we were doing music videos and getting some hits. I say we, Harder Full of Films, getting some minor hits. And the ad industry really liked them and started knocking on our mm. door. One was a corner shop, Brimful of Asha, which, you know, so many um, commercials copied the technique. And I was doing like a flip book technique and I noticed Target stole that. 
iPod like <laughs> yeah and that also was turned into commercials um and so they caught wind of that and they said hey you want to do gap ad and I'm, I'm like what I don't do that you know <laughs> what is this you know ads are stupid f ads you know and they said no no these are really cool they're like 30 second music videos and I'm like that's a pretty easy music video <laughs> 30 seconds <laughs> sure let's do it <laughs> Oh, I'm so glad that you mentioned uh, Bobby McFerrin, Heidi, by the way, because while listing Phil's many bona fides, I completely forgot that he directed my ver the music video for my very favorite Bobby McFerrin song, Circle Songs. I sung that song in uh, my acapella group in college, and that whole album is fantastic. Um, I, I, that's not really a question. <laughs> I just wanted to see well, what a great, great song and a great when music video. that, um, <laughs> I asked Bobby McFerrin to uh, lip sync and do the... the mm. He's not singing words, but you know, yeah. This... And he says, "I don't know this. I can't." Yeah, because it's all improvised. Yeah, yeah. He whole... goes, "I can't lip sync it. I can't. <laughs> I have no idea. I recorded it once, <laughs> and that's it." Yeah. And, uh, so, how did you go about doing that? Like, <laughs> it was a pain. I remember we had. Yeah, to I can imagine. He had to fake it, and I had to keep editing. Yeah. I think it was like lots of takes boom, and lots of edits plays his body boom, boom, yeah and he listened to it for a while and kind of remember sort of how he did it so yeah we had to really fake it <laughs> which is the entire film in this cool cool so with um because i want to make sure we get through with the limited time we have all of the so i th i'm thinking about another card the disaster movie kind of yeah. um aspect of it um jump um and like thinking about um like when michael jackson just wanted to be a werewolf and and that's why that's how thriller came about and they made him into you know he wanted to be a werewolf was it that the guys were like hey we want to do a disaster movie like um oh what like a godzilla or something like that i don't remember one i think i just said a giant chimp and, you know, it'd be like a disaster movie. And they thought that was hilarious. <laughs> now, this is like four or five videos in. And um, so we actually bought a bunch of Japanese or possibly 70s uh, disaster scenes from some movies. And um, we purchased those with the rights. So that was kind of our background. Then we went old school with it and we rear screen projected it behind them oh nice minimal sets that were built and so there's like this building falling over and over you know i i can't remember i remember we had a whole bunch of of uh, styrofoam concrete and they're now the they're all running i said you got to look up because there's a building in front of you even though you can see this one behind that's being rear screen projected so that's in camera yeah you don't have to do that and then we would everybody would grab um, huge chunks of, of concrete and throw it at these guys, throw it up so it lands down on them, and they act accordingly. And there was one like massive piece of concrete that's about four feet big, and someone chucked it and it landed right on Tyler's head. <laughs> and of course, it hurts a little. So he gets hit in the head, and then he remembers, "Oh yeah, I'm supposed to act." <laughs> <laughs> so he goes, he gets it's like a delivery reaction. It, it bounces off his head, and then he goes, 
Oh. <laughs> I thought it was so ridiculous that we left it in. Um, and I love the climbing the CN hour CN Tower bit, a little ode yeah. to uh to uh oh the big ape. Um, King Kong. Oh yeah. Yeah. Don't call me that. God, they didn't call me that since high school. Don't call me the yeah. big ape. And then they <laughs> they played multiple roles too. They played the military coming to rescue the civilians. Um the, oh, it was like um, the opening was a riff on um, one of the, uh, what was it? The, the opening sequence, Planet of the Apes, one of mm. the, oh, the yes. knockoffs, really silly, with a circle. So they all had characters and they used their porno names, I think, um, <laughs> as characters, their dog and their mother's maiden name. So anyway, uh, that was the opening. They got to play multiple characters. We shot it in Toronto. We built a fake interior of the CN, CN Tower, and that was green screen. And then we had we put the chimp in there looking at them, but they couldn't see that, you know? <laughs> and then for some reason, I decided they're supposed to blast off into outer space. I have no idea why. Like the CN Tower turns into a rocket, and they take off <laughs> with the well, chimp. They- yeah, they saved the city. <laughs> yeah. And then they take off. That <laughs> was bizarre. God, what, what do we think of <laughs> But all those old movies were bizarre like that. I think it fit so well with the, the motif that you were doing. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that was a good time. Man, those were the days. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> well, Phil, I, I am a you know, anyone who's an artist, I know you always get these questions and, and it's it's sort of like making you choose amongst your children. But I was just curious if you had a favorite, both a B&L music video and in general music video that you've done. Well, did we get through all the Vinicky Ladies? Oh, we're still videos? we're still that, listing, I think. Oh, yeah, there's still you run away. Like I was going to say, like they, oh, they yeah. went and did some other videos with a couple other directors. And then their first video as a four piece you're the person they choose to come back to. Like you're the person that that the, that you do their video that is kind of their comeback video. Like, mm. what was that like? Well, we shot it in St. Paul, and it was twenty below zero. It was Oof. really an awful experience <laughs> because, like, once again, it's stop frame like animation, mm. and so they had to hold still as we dollied past them frame by frame and someone was clear they'd run around behind and get over here and hold still and we did the super long dolly move it's kind of step frame it was the technique and there's bicycle crashes and car crashes and all this stuff but we're not shooting any of that we're just having people hold still and we dollied past them and that's what we did <laughs> um and we had an the- airplane scene where everybody was holding still Everything was hung from monofilament lines as if it's an airplane crash. Yeah, that was a really wild one, too. Just weird and weird techniques. I think we're just trying to invent something fun and weird. Yeah, we haven't gotten to that one yet, but I wanted to ask about, like, what was the storyline? Like, I know that almost there's always the storyline. Like, was the storyline for this video that was kind of running through it? Kind of just snippets of life, like disasters and a woman just running. You run away. You run, run, run. And mm. so she's running through all these, 
these like surreal worlds. There's a storyline. I don't always get too literal. That one might be a little bit literal. It's the idea of you run away. Hmm. And, uh, it's just a bunch of snippets where we could do that technique. And it's like, once again, disastrous stuff. <laughs> I guess that's what we do with bare naked ladies. We just pick disasters. I think it's funny though, that like you, in that particular video, you have to look, there are so many little things that you, you find every time you saw it. Um, like, and in, in the plane scene specifically, like Jim's playing the bait, like he's got the bass on his lap, whereas Tyler's just dropped a pitcher of coffee. Yeah. And it's like, it's so interesting to see what they're all doing. And it's easy to miss because it goes by really quickly uh, as it goes throughout the fuselage. You know, it's just. Yeah, we had somebody always in a rush. Someone was running. But the way they would run is they would hold still in a running position and their tie would be like wire. Mm. So it's blowing back or their hair or whatever. And then we would pass by these like kind of statue 3D things as if we're moving the story forward, even though the story's stuck in time. And so sometimes we're circling around them and there's like a briefcase that's open and there's papers in the air, but every one of those pieces of paper are hung by monofilament lines. Oh, with wow. stands overhead and the band you know they're in they're worked right into it so they're all doing so they and were in different all just things like one minute tyler's got a martini glass <laughs> and the next minute he's eating a giant ham sandwich yeah. and then or, no he's got a bag it looked like a sandwich it looked like he was eating a sandwich or something oh he's still uh, and then like kevin's he's... getting punched in the face like it's just... he's tyler's got a puke bag from the airplane and uh, it still looks like a sub sandwich yeah. it does have this look to it so a lot of them they just made their own characters up and then their job was to just hold still so they would choose a pose as soon as we went past them i would say okay you're clear and then we'd go past them again so go over there get ready choose another pose and so of course, they would have fun or poses. I'm surprised they didn't moon me, but you know that's what <laughs> what they did, and they love doing that kind of stuff. They love pretending and playing, play acting. And that's pretty amazing. I, like I thought it was something that was done digitally or something like that, but they they were all just all those people were just holding still for that period of time. That's amazing. It's all in camera. We might have slightly painted out a few visible rig such as a monofilament line if you saw it but for the most part it's all in camera wow. it's a it's an in-camera technique which you know sometimes people don't appreciate that because you know you think well everything's digital you just do it through effects but one that's really expensive and and really time consuming in post and it's not as fun and when you do it in camera theatrically let's say i think it pays off i think people see that like in um, the, the Pinch Me video, there was a moment where everybody was frozen in time, which is a little bit like the technique of, of you run away. Mm -hmm. But it's so simple. I mean, just everybody holds still. And we did it in slow motion so everybody could hold really still. And then Ed would walk around as if his whole world was suddenly frozen in three dimension. And it's such a simple technique. There's not, it's not brain 
rocket science. It's just like everybody hold really still, and Ed's going to run around. But it's so um, like it. It is such a visually interesting and intriguing thing that when you see that moment. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and you need to like move the camera on dollies and everything because you want to see the th- the three dimension of a frozen moment. Otherwise, it'll just look like a freeze frame. So we're mm. always dollying around or dollying past. Um, so yeah, that those were really weird techniques that I'm proud of. <laughs> and that, and the band loved that experimentation. I'm going to veer us away from BNL and over to uh, the most recent one that you did, or at least as far as I know, which is the Kevin Hearn one. Um, uh, come coming in from the cold that you did with him and Hugh Marsh and okay. So what, what was the, <laughs> what was the idea behind the, I want to say like the instruments and these behind the scenes characters are made from this interesting kind of felt like material. Tell me more about yeah. that. <laughs> the artist is Don Porcella and he's um, quite well known. He makes everything out of pipe cleaners. Wow. And his mother's actually wow. a very famous uh, quilt textile artist in the uh, modern abstract form. And the way Kevin told me, he was in New York years ago and he was about to have a meeting with Lou Reed to see if he could become Lou Reed's um, music, uh, what do they call it? Basically, he does everything for Lou, from finding musicians to recording studios to um, rehearsals, just managing everything musically, like Lou's confidant for years, which he became mm-hmm. up until Lou died. Mm-hmm. He was very close to Lou. And so he was way at a coffee shop or something like that in New York, and he saw this little um, installation right next door, so he had little... T- time and he went in and he saw um don Pacella's work and in there was a guitar then and there he loved it <laughs> and and um he became friends with don Pacella long ago and all the way forward to 2022 when we shot it released in 2023 um he always wanted to work with don and, and that's just what we did um don did amazing work just these crazy beautiful um uh just so much gorgeous stuff that he created well and, the um, the guitar and the guitar and the microphone like it is amazing that is all made with pipe cleaners holy cow yeah. the deer and the animals <laughs> like yeah. yeah yeah for sure um and then you have the one character that's very much like some of kevin's drawings the the weird alien kind of looking character that's a lot like Kevin's artwork. So it's mm-hmm. very interesting. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I, lo- I love um, working with Kevin. He's such a sweetheart. And um, we've done a few uh, music videos together. Gallerina a few years ago. Um, yeah, Kevin's just a gem of a person. You know, when I met him on Get In Line video in 1999, he... Um, was suffering from leukemia and um, he went through a lot over the years. Um, his, his brother who worked on the coming in from the cold as the gaffer, um, you know, 
donated bone marrow to Kevin to save him. Mm. Yeah, it was a really powerful story. And um, it was great to work with the two brothers on that music video, you know, and uh, Kevin's brother came up from Toronto and we worked together and we created this really bizarre, here, here we are again, sort of like that bare naked ladies, like a film within a film. We don't care if we see the crew, the dolly, all these things. We just created all these sets. We break the, the third wall. We just set, set up all these really simple, beautiful little sets. And Kevin just floats through riding the dolly. It's, <laughs> I love that video. It's so simple. It's like handmade. Again, very colorful, like what you talked about with some of the other videos, because Don Pacello's stuff is so gorgeously colorful. And it's really involved a lot of really weird characters um, that are made out of pipe cleaners. That becomes our world. And it's very handmade again. It's all in camera, very wow. simple, a little bit of stop frame stuff, just like we did with the Bernicke ladies. It's, it's the same technique. I, I have kind of a silly question for you because I know that you work extensively with the band uh, Low. Um, and I tried to watch the low movie the other day. Unfortunately, could not find uh, the movie anywhere. Um, so uh, hopefully I'll be able to find it somewhere because I, I am looking forward to that. But I, I came across the breaker video. And, and I have to ask you in, in jest, of course, did he hate you by the end of that video? <laughs> <laughs> no, no. Um, I'm still working with um, Alan Sparhawk. And we are um, now putting out the entire career of Low because that was the Low video, the Low movie we did was in 2013. And we have since added 10 more years onto that. So there's a new film called Cue the Strings. Ooh. And it's I heard about that. 29 years of Low. That's and amazing. I can't again, wait a lot that. of that is filmed, fully restored film, pulled out of the vaults. And we um, are just starting to do some screenings of it and we don't know exactly where we're going with it yet, but it's since Mimi Parker passed away in November, yeah. um, we, Alan and I decided to put all of this together. So it's a brand new movie, 29 years of low film, 60 millimeter authentic kind of thing. Um, just a really powerful piece, the story of a band. And mm. uh, it's, it's just gorgeous. I saw it at a film festival. We're going to show it at the Walker Art Center. Um, it's just a really fascinating trip through the entire... I don't know if there's ever been a band who's worked with one director for the entire career from before they put out their first record till their very last show, um, like a month before Mimi passed away. I heard Breaking Circus did. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Well, I can't wait to see Cue the Strings. That, that sounds I was amazing. Say, if it comes up to the Boston area, please let oh, us know. 100% would travel trip. to see that. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. Well, once One of my we favorite bands. Out, yeah. We're, once we figure out what's going to happen with that low movie, you know, hopefully you'll see it. We, we don't have plans for it yet, but we're, that's what we're trying to figure out. Well, if you do a road show and you like come and do an introduction, it'd be great to see you in person, Phil. Where are you guys located? We're in Maine. Uh, well, Tracy and I are in Maine. <laughs> uh -huh. I'm in New Hampshire. Yeah. We're, we're all in New England. We're in the New okay. England area. So yeah. yeah, if you come to Boston or thereabouts, that's easy enough for us to get down there. 
All right. Well, I hope the movie comes there. Yeah, absolutely. Me too. All right. Well, I guess we're getting into the end of our hour. Mm. You, <laughs> we you are. Well, it's been amazing yeah, talking to you. Thank 100%. you so much for spending the time with us. Yeah. Um, it's it's just nice to get some insight to questions we've already always just kind of had. <laughs> yeah. Well, it's um, good to go down memory lane and think about these videos again. I, I've done so many videos that I can't remember everything about every video, but it is kind of a a placeholder in my life, each video, you know? Oh, yeah, I remember we did that in 2001 and whatever. So uh, thanks for um, having me and thanks for being such big Bare Naked Ladies fans. Oh, of course. And, Thank and you for before your you run away and it's too little too late, are there any pinches, <laughs> any pitches or plugs that you would like to give out there for people to go and see more of your stuff? Um, I have a feature film that um, came out right during the pandemic. It's called Tuscaloosa. Mm, excellent film, it stars, by the way. Yeah, it stars Natalia Dyer from Stranger Things. That's on like Amazon and Apple TV and many others, movie and stuff. Um, and then we have a new movie about the wrestling villain called Baron Von Raschke that comes out in the fall. It's called The Claw. And that was his notorious movie. Put that in your head and it was lights out. So it's uh, the history of really old school wrestling. But like my music videos, it's very quirky and it steps in and out of reality. Cool. I definitely awesome. want to see it now. So will it be coming to <laughs> theaters, you said? No, it'll be streaming in the fall. We have a distribution deal and um, the the release date, the film is finished. The release date is the fall. I don't know when the date is, but it's really weird and really fun. Uh, you imagine the theatrics of wrestling and then add a punk rock edge to it oh, and nice. then, you know, break reality as we enter the world of that theatrical athletic villainous side and you got a humdinger of a story oh well and, when that comes out like when that's released let us know and we will plug yeah. that all over our yeah our page. Uh, you can you can find details on theclawfilm.com yeah and baron von raschke is actually a really sweet guy and he's a gentle giant he's a beautiful man opposite of his horrible villain character <laughs> <laughs> that's usually true i think of those those wrestlers who play the villains yeah. All right. Well, thanks a lot, you guys. Yeah. Yes. Thank you Phillip, so much, Philip. So good to meet you. Thank you. Yeah. Thanks right. for your time. Bye. Thanks. That was fun. Don't forget. No regrets. Except maybe one. It's NFL draft season, and that means it's time to start thinking about fantasy football. FantasyPoints.com features industry-leading experts and prognosticators using proprietary hand-charted data to help you score more fantasy points. FantasyPoints.com is the place to go for whatever kind of fantasy football you play. Whether you play fantasy football, daily fantasy sports, or do a little bit of everything, Fantasy Points has the meticulously researched content to guide you to victory. And why wait for the fall? Fantasy Points also covers the new spring football league, the UFL. Join the guru, John Hansen, Scott Barrett.
Joe Dolan, and other massive names in the fantasy football universe with an exclusive offer. Use code Pantheon for 15% off any fantasy points package, including the all-in package, with access to every article, tool, and data nugget that Fantasy Points has to offer. That's FantasyPoints.com and code Pantheon for 15% off at Fantasy Points. FantasyPoints.com, code Pantheon. Score more Fantasy Points. 